You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number seven. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Paleo NP podcast. I've got a little bit of a deeper dive into some mindset stuff for you this week, but before we get into that, I wanted to let you know um, that I just started a private Facebook group community and I would absolutely love it if you would join me over there. It's specifically targeted at people who have chronic or autoimmune illnesses, but the information is definitely pertinent to anyone who is just looking to improve their health. Like nothing that I talk about in there is going to make you less healthy. So I will put a link to that in the show notes, which you can find at MarthaFlorence.com forward slash episode 07 if you want to join me over there. And something that I'm into this week is bulletproof coffee. This is not new to me, but it's something that I haven't done in a long time. And I just started doing it again this week. So on Tuesday mornings, I go to a run group at 9.30 and on Wednesday mornings, I swim at 9.30 and I have just been having such a hard time eating the right things for breakfast and feeling like I have enough energy and fuel to do my workouts. So I decided that I was just going to change it up a little bit. And this is strangely appropriate for what we're talking about today, Um, but I just started doing Um, bulletproof coffee after I get up and then not eating until after I get home from my workout. And so far, so good. I like to do my bulletproof coffee with cacao butter and collagen peptides. I've just found that this works better for me. I used to use coconut oil and ghee, but I just didn't find that it kept me full the way that I wanted it to. So I tried cacao butter and that seems to work better. So I drink my bulletproof coffee about an hour to an hour and a half before my workout And then I work out for an hour and I'm usually pretty hungry by the time I get home, but I don't get any weird cramps during my workout and I don't feel like I'm starving and can't finish what I'm doing, which is kind of how I was feeling before I did this. So that seems to be working pretty well. All right, so getting into this week's topic, which as I said, is a little more mindset focused than some of the stuff we've been talking about until now. So Paleo is a life-changing experience for a lot of people. I mean, almost everyone who tries it experiences some benefit from it. But does that mean that you should be paleo forever? There's this natural progression that happens as you heal your body. You go through a period, whether it's three months, six months, a year, or whatever, where you're really diligent about what you're eating and you want because you want to feel better. Then as your body heals and you start to better understand how food affects it, I think the natural thing to do is kind of test limits of what does and doesn't work for you. So whether that's doing a Whole30 and then adding back in some of the more paleo convenience foods or even things like sweeteners um, and going with that for a bit, but occasionally doing things like white rice or corn chips or french fries fried in crappy seed oils, gluten-free pizza or any kind of dairy or whatever. 
So as you test that stuff, you learn what you can or can't tolerate. Your dietary habits kind of shift a little bit. If you tolerate gluten-free grains and dairy, you might have gluten-free pizza every once every few weeks or twice in one day, as I admitted to doing on Instagram a few weeks ago. I don't recommend that approach. So all this is fine and good so long as you continue to feel good like you did before you were eating this, these foods. And I posted an Instagram story the other day about a breakout that I'm currently fighting on my face and how I am 100% aware of the fact that it's because I've had too much dairy and too much gluten in my diet. And how do I know what's causing that? That's because I've done an elimination diet and then I played with different amounts of different foods and paid really close attention to how my body reacts to those things. So the point is that I didn't just decide that gluten and dairy are the things that are causing me to have breakouts. I've done the detective work to figure out how my body reacts to certain foods and how my body reacts to certain amounts of different foods. I have found that I can tolerate a limited amount of gluten, more if I've been avoiding it for a while. I'm not celiac, so I avoid gluten because I feel better when I do. Um, and the same thing goes for dairy. I avoid it, and then when I really want it, I eat it. But again, I've done the work to get to that point. And I think what a lot of people are missing is that you've got to do the work and you literally can't have it all. If you are a patient of mine and you come to me and tell me that you feel awful or that you have X, Y, or Z symptoms, and when we start talking about some dietary changes that you'll need to make to feel better, and you tell me that I'm going to have to pry the pizza out of your cold, dead hands, we're going to have a little bit of an issue. I understand that you like to eat pizza on Friday nights, but do you want to feel better? Because if you do, then you're going to need to do a little reevaluation of your priorities. This is just a little bit of tough love for you here, but once you get to the place where you've eliminated all the foods that are potentially making you feel terrible, that's when you really get to start adding things back and figuring out what will work for you long term. Also, a big question is, why are we so attached to certain foods? I get that they taste good, but you've got to get away from the stress and the guilt of feeling like you're missing out on life if you do or don't eat certain things at certain times. What you eat is your business and no one else should be making you feel bad or guilty for eating a certain way. So go out for pizza on Friday night, but eat before you go or choose a different option like a salad if you want to join in on the social aspect. But don't let the situation take away from the health that you're trying to create. I think that starting with a super clean paleo template is a really great place to start because it takes some time for you to figure out what works for your body. This isn't something that's just going to happen by giving up pizza and ice cream for a week. You need to put a little more time and do some experimenting into figuring this out. Starting with paleo is really great because it does address that physical piece of healing your gut and nourishing your body. But there is also something really powerful about discovering that you can go a week or two or three without pizza or Diet Coke or whatever. And it doesn't have to be forever, but I feel like you just gain so much confidence by overcoming those things that you didn't think that you could. And your taste buds change so much that sometimes the things that you loved before don't even taste good anymore, which right now may sound really terrible, but once you realize how good you feel by not eating some of that junk food and then you go back to it and it just tastes terrible, you'll be surprised at how you just don't want it anymore. It's pretty remarkable. And while I love the idea of intuitive eating and listening to your internal cues, I think that it's really important to know that that doesn't just happen overnight. 
in order to get to that place where that's even possible, you need to practice. In order to get to a place where all of that is effortless, there has to be a time that you really put some effort to get that into place. You need to practice living and eating within some sort of structure in order to get to a place where it's more intuitive and doesn't take so much work. Also, your body is not a static thing. So while you may have been able to get away with certain things several years ago, the same thing isn't going to work for you now. The same thing goes for paleo or whatever way you eat. It's it's probably not going to work for you forever. And you need to be aware of that shift and what are you doing to meet those needs. I pretty much eat whatever I want, but what I want has shifted and changed as I've done some work on what I know makes me feel good or bad. I mean, I like cookies, but I don't actually want to eat cookies all the time. Some days I want to eat nothing but cookies and other days they just don't sound good. But that didn't just happen by me deciding that I was gonna eat whatever I wanted. There was some work involved. And this kind of rolls right into another thing that I've come across a lot lately, and this is what I like to call accidental dieting. So a lot of folks think that because they're eating real food or following a paleo way of eating that it's a lifestyle, which it is and it should be, but they think that that means that it's exempt from some of the more conventional dieting behavior. But a lot of times what's happening is that people are treating this lifestyle in the same way that they treat a fad diet. So they bring in that mindset of good food versus bad food and restriction, which is definitely not the end goal. So if you follow a 21 or 30 day challenge and you either succeed at it or fail at it, and suddenly you believe that your success or your failure at this challenge reflects on you as a person, which is now getting back into that old toxic diet mindset. Food is not good or bad in a moral sense. So what you eat does not make you good or bad. There are things that you eat that are better choices than others and things that are healthy choices and things that are not healthy choices, but none of that has anything to do with whether you are a good or bad person. So when you shift your diet into something more restrictive with the goal of learning what your body does or doesn't like, that can help reframe this a bit. But also remember that any food list of things you should or shouldn't be eating is completely arbitrary. It's your body and you get to eat what you want when you want. Sure, you probably have goals and some of the foods that you want to eat may not get you closer to those goals, but there's nothing good or bad about that. It's simply a choice that you make. This is coming up for me because I'm in a few Facebook groups that focus on specific diets or foods and there's just so much chatter happening in there about this kind of stuff. Not so much between like people shaming each other from person to person, but people beating themselves up because a certain way of eating did or didn't make them feel better, or because they're eating whatever way and ate food that's not on whatever way of eating's list. And it just makes me so sad because I think so many of us would be so much healthier overall if we just let all this stress around food go. I get that you might have goals around what you want to look like or with athletic performance, but eating a piece of toast for breakfast one day when you are following a keto diet isn't actually going to ruin any of that for you. Yeah, eating the toast every day is going to make you not keto anymore, which might make your weight loss stall or your athletic performance might suffer a bit, but neither of those things have anything to do with you as a person, and I think people really forget that. So we say things like, oh, this isn't a diet, it's a lifestyle, but that's not at all how we're treating it. We've got more and more programs to get people started, which is great, and I have a program too in my ebook, but these programs, all of them, are meant to be temporary, like 30 days maximum temporary. 
They are meant to help you make a transition from one way of eating to another or work through some of your potential issues with food, but they're temporary. And when these programs are not used as directed, they are absolutely no better than any other restrictive fad diet that's out there. One of the groups that I'm in is a Whole30 group, and out of the, I don't know, 9,000 people who are in there, there was a thread talking about being being in it for the long haul. And there were over a thousand comments from people who were talking about doing a Whole30 for 90 days or more. Now, I'm not saying that eating Whole30 forever is bad, but following a majority of those rules is actually pretty restrictive. The no preservatives or no added sugars of any kind, no pancakes or what they call S. W-Y-P-O, and if you don't know what that is, go look it up. Um, Not that, so like with sugar and preservatives, it's not that you should be eating those things, but intentionally eliminating them forever in this day and age is actually really hard. So what's the point of extending a Whole30 out for as many as 180 days? The point of a Whole30 is to get control of your sugar cravings, decrease your inflammation, and then go through the reintroduction process to see what foods you can actually tolerate. And as the creator um, of the Whole30, Melissa Hartwig says, to find your food freedom. And going back to what I was talking about at the beginning, you can have food freedom, but you do have to put in the work up front. But that work isn't restricting yourself or following a challenge for six times as long as it was meant to be followed. It's called a Whole30 for a reason, not a Whole365. There's also actually a huge difference between people who do a program like that a few times per year because they like the way they feel when they're doing it, and the people who continue to restrict well beyond the guidelines of the program and have the mindset of, I can't have whatever food, I feel like I'm dying because of it. Looking at a challenge or a period of restricting restrictive eating as more of a data gathering experience is a much better way to go about something like this. You always need to go into it with a goal, And I'm going to say that I don't think that weight loss should always be your goal because a lot of the times when we let those aesthetic goals go, they actually come to us easier. And also something going into something like this with the goal of weight loss isn't really actually addressing the issue of why you're overweight in the first place. It probably has something to do with the food, but restricting your food isn't actually going to solve the problem because that's not something that's feasible over the long term. Are you eating inflammatory foods? Cutting those out for 30 days will help you lose weight, and then you can go back and add some of those in and see what the culprit was. But the weight loss in and of itself is not really an appropriate goal for something like this. So if we're being super militant or strict with our food choices, rather than taking it as a learning experience, then we're becoming extremely dogmatic about it, and that's not something that I want people to be doing around food. So how do you know if you're an accidental dieter? Now, there's going to be some self-reflection here. This is kind of like when I talked about um, in an earlier episode, not convincing yourself that a food makes you feel okay just because you really want to eat it. You've got to be brutally honest with yourself. So the symptoms of accidental dieting are you feel tortured or torn about your food choices, your ability to make decisions, or how your body looks. You think of food in terms of good or bad, approved or not approved, even 21 or 30 days later after your challenge is over. You look at somebody else's body or life and hope that the program that you choose will bring you closer to looking or living like them. Or you have a guru that you look up to rather than being your own guru. Now, I'm not talking about stuff like this to make you feel bad about doing it right or wrong or whatever. 
I just want to bring some attention to the idea because I think the problem is truly trust in ourselves and the idea that we need outside help if we are going to do or become more or better. Deep down, we don't believe that we're capable of being successful, so we fail. So I encourage you to ask yourself what message you are telling yourself with what you're doing. If your body isn't going to do what you want it to do, if it's not responding how you want it to respond, so you start communicating with it from a place of frustration rather than positivity. Rather than communicating that you are bad, try to communicate a message that you might make better choices and why, but not that you are bad. Also, when you change it up from one program or diet to another, you might be changing the food or the theory behind the program, but how you think about yourself and your body doesn't really shift. So changing your mental approach means getting rid of everything for a minute and trying to fully recognize what needs to change before the food and the goals. So this is your mindset. So rather than thinking about food as good or bad, it's just food and either you're making a choice to eat something or you're not. I actually have a hard time articulating this point because this has just become something that is so second nature to me. Several years ago, I posted an Instagram photo of an ice cream sandwich with the caption about how I was eating my feelings, but I had made the choice to do it so it didn't matter. And that's so true. This comes down to trusting yourself and not comparing yourself. I get that it's not easy. If you are paleo and you want some nachos, make yourself some nachos, enjoy the nachos, and then move on. It's really, truly that simple once you get into the right mindset. You might also be wondering why I'm telling you to do whatever you want when I am actually somebody who tells people what to eat and how to fix their health for a living. This comes back to what I said about having a guru earlier in the symptoms of accidental dieting. It's fine to have someone whose opinion you trust and respect when it comes to food, health, or whatever, but you shouldn't absolutely never do what they're doing or what they tell you to do just because they told you to do it. Incorporate their opinions and their advice into your own framework. Even try it out for a bit. But if it's not for you or if it doesn't work, don't keep doing it just because they told you to do it. And this is applicable beyond just food. It's like we're not in school for our whole lives. We learn what we need to learn and eventually we have to go out and apply it. It's the same with food. Okay, moving on. I bet you didn't think that this was gonna be such heavy stuff today. It's just something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, so I wanted to share my thoughts on it. So one of the big shifts that needs to happen is that we need to stop comparing ourselves to other people. And what we really need to use one of these challenges for is to gather information about ourselves free from any judgment. It's like when you try a new food, either you like the way it tastes or you don't, but you don't judge yourself because you don't like the way something tastes. You just like it or you don't. So either something works or it doesn't. If your learning process starts with a challenge, great. The goal isn't completing the program though. It's to come off of the program with enough knowledge to set your own rules. Don't just follow instructions. Work on learning why something does or doesn't work for you. Be sure to be patient with yourself and you don't have to know all of the things right now. If something doesn't seem to be working, don't blame yourself and give up. This is where a lot of people feel like they fall off the wagon. And that's another term that I don't love. There is no wagon and you are definitely not on it or off it. Just observe what's happening. Take note and try something different if it's not working. Experiment with yourself. If you think something might work better for you, just do it. But proceed with a balanced mindset. The last thing that you need is guilt. And remember what I said earlier, again, about having a guru. 
Yes, having people whose opinions you value and respect is important, but don't blindly follow what they tell you. Incorporate the information that they give you in what you know to work for your body and do that. One other thing that I want to touch on really quickly before I wrap this sucker up is the idea of aesthetic goals versus health. Because I think that this is part of the mindset shift that needs to happen with all of the other things that I've talked about today. In Rob Wolf's book, Wired to Eat, he talks about a study where there were people who um, were sent home on a paleo diet with a certain amount of calories, and they were told to eat all of those calories. And the goal was not weight loss, and I think some of them unintentionally lost weight, but all of them had improvements in their blood markers. I can't remember specifically what they were measuring, but I'm going to assume that it was at least cholesterol and blood sugar. But I think this is really important because I think a lot of people are super focused on losing 5 or 10 or even 15 or 20 pounds because we see abs all over the place and we think that's how we should look. So remember that part of the mindset shift I just talked about was not comparing yourself to others. And that definitely applies here. So some people will have six-pack abs and some people won't. So that's just how it is. And are you really willing to sacrifice your overall health for a six-pack? Do you think that's actually going to change anything for you? I listened to an interview with Rob where he equated the search for a six-pack with trying to calculate the final digit in the number pi. It just goes on and on. So you get your six-pack abs and then it's something else and then something else and on and on and on. And at a certain point, your health suffers. So I just want you to keep in mind all of this while you are making shifts in your diet or your lifestyle, that doing it for aesthetic reasons is almost always the wrong reason. As you heal your body and get into a place where you are healthy, eventually your body will settle into a place weight-wise where it wants to be. And trying to fight that is just not going to do you any favors. I know all of that was pretty deep, but that's all I've got for you this week. As always, if you have any questions, you can submit them at MarthaFlorence.com. And I would love it if you would leave a review for this show over in iTunes. See you next week. 